Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I'm Donna Reesh, your hostess and your teacher. Going to start out with some housekeeping things, going to get these going faster and faster every time so we have more time for content. So every episode has one of these. This is your teacher's notebook and the teacher's notebook episode sheets. So these are all at the Language Arts Lady blog and they are free lessons. Not only that, but you have this audio or the video, whichever, whichever way you consume this, you have that teaching to go with this. So you can learn what I do with this lesson, then print it off and use it with your own students. So we are on episode number 45, which means there are 45 How I Teach Teachers Notebook Sheets. So how cool is that? All right, so the teacher's notebook is a document that you can print, but when I teach today, I will teach from the PowerPoint, and it will have all of this, but in the PowerPoint. All right, so you can grab these. There you go. You can grab uh, for this broadcast at How I Teach, languageartsladyblog.com forward slash How I Teach, and you can get all of the episodes and print them all and get them in your notebooks with languageartsladyblog.com forward slash teacher's notebook. So without further ado, I'm gonna go into the PowerPoint and talk about, um, in the beginning, gonna talk about outlining and writing the Q&A essay. So this is outlining and writing the question and answer essay for middle schoolers. I'm super excited about this topic. I know I really get excited about every topic when it comes to language arts and English and all kinds of things, but uh, especially these types of things where we can take, uh, you know, if this is fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever that is, maybe even some third graders, we can take those students and we can give them another tool, another set of tools. Here are more tools. Here are more tools. And that's what I love about this and all of the different types of outlining approaches that I have in all of my Write for a Month books at Language Arts Lady store and my individual downloads at Teachers Pay Teachers store. So this is available as one project here. The whole thing is available as Christmas Decor Q&A Report Level 2. So Level 2 means um, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Okay, as always, I'm going to talk to you about how you can, you know, kind of lower it, how you can raise it. I'm also going to talk to you about how you can, after you use this particular one, which happens to be a Christmas decoration Q&A, and I know it's February, but the um, reason I wanted to go over this one is because I didn't get through all of my Christmas stuff uh, during November and December, but also because you can see how you can take any topic, grab some informational paragraphs for your students and write some questions and have them do the answers and so forth. So it's just really exciting. Whether I found with my second grade through sixth grade, okay, so I have my second and third, which is level one, and then I have my fourth, fifth, and sixth, which is level two. And I found that with all of those kids, I can give them writing boxes. I can give them a Q&A essay with content and questions that they answer. I can give them a paragraph house. I can give them um, some kind of mapping where they ask themselves the five W's and go in and find information. Uh, I can give them story writing boxes and all of these tools 
are the pre-writing, right? The pre-writing, the outlining process or the gathering of information um, or both of those in uh, the case of informative type of writing. And I can really hone in on something that works with everybody. And that's one reason why I love all of these different approaches so much. Another thing is that you may have found that I, what I have found is that I have three types of students, the ones who like to write essays and persuade, maybe get a little bit of information, but not necessarily do a lot of research, but get some persuasive quotes or some persuasive information to back up their arguments in persuasive writing, or they love research writing because all we have to do is go find all of that information. Or three, they love story writing. And so by having these different, or they at least have one, two, and three in their first, second, and third places, right? So by having all of these different uh, mechanisms for them to, to write types of writing that maybe are not their favorite, or maybe they're not as strong in them. And by giving them all these different types of tools, they really can key into something that works for them really well. So this is hit number 45, outlining and writing the question and answer essay for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. All right, we have our overview box that those are our expectation explanations. So this is where we explain to students what is expected of them. Okay, so I have the overview box, which is provided at the beginning of each assignment is here to give you an at-a-glance look. Each step of each lesson is assigned in detail throughout the weeks. So these are not assignments, not assignments. These are just big picture. My kids put a sticky at the top and write OV box on it. And then they know that they can come back to the overview box at any time and get my expectation explanations, what I expect from them in this project. And so this is at the beginning of all um, of the writing projects in meaningful composition, and which is my uh, semester long uh, faith-based writing books, my write for a month, which are my um, kind of um, character uh, person-based, like based off of Peter Pan and so forth. This particular one is a Christmas one. And then also these individual downloads. So as I said, this is available just as a two-week project in its entirety. I do have most of the elements here, but you can also get like um, the writing lines and stuff like that that are not here because they take up too much space. All right, so here we can see that this is a two-week project, right? My students know that when I tell them that it is a two-week project, that means that they will probably take three weeks on it. By the time it comes, the project comes to me, the product comes to me with the checklist challenge done and in their colorful paper. Explain that in just a few minutes. And then my editors edit it, I edit it, I score it, and it goes back to them. And then they do a final uh, product, a final uh, copy. So, but these, they know that two projects always end up being three weeks by the time they go out and come back in. All right, so this is take notes by answering questions over given material. And again, this can be raised or lowered based on your students' um, abilities and interests. So they're going to be writing an informative report, Roman numeral one. I always take them, okay, everybody come to Roman numeral one, take your highlighter. Christmas decoration is what we're writing about. Then I come down here to Roman numeral two. Basic students will write two paragraphs. Extensions will write three. 
So right here, remember from past episodes, I've told you that there are multiple ways to increase difficulty or decrease difficulty. So of course that includes all the elements, like if you're having them do quotes and the kinds of quotes you want them to do. Um, if you are having them do dialogue with two characters or three characters or more, um, if you are having um, a story with dialogue or a story without dialogue, um, the, the number of sources that they have to use in research writing, whether they have to complete a work cited for older students or whether they do not for junior high students and on and on and on. All of, every time you add another element that you have of course taught, right? We do not add anything to any project or have any expectations of our students that we have not fully equipped them to do. We love kids too much to do that, right? We all love kids too much to do that to them. And um, my kids are amazing. I wanna give them every opportunity to succeed. So here we go with the other, another way that you can increase or decrease difficulty. And that is in the total number of paragraphs and or the total number of sentences that each paragraph must contain. So I use a whole approach that um, words make up sentences, sentences make up paragraphs, paragraphs make up reports, essays, stories, and books. So we don't count words, we count paragraphs because every paragraph is a unit of thought. So basic students will write two. So this is maybe a fourth grader, right? You can come back and say, okay, you're only going to do one paragraph from the, um, from the given ones that you're answering questions about. If you have a third grader that you're trying to use this with, you could also say, you're going to do one paragraph or two paragraphs but you're gonna work in pairs to find all the answers to the questions. And then you are going to separate and write separately. So again, having a buddy to help them with the questions and answer portion, then they use their answers to write from. All right, then extension students will write three. Again, you wanna move on this on up to, you know, sixth grade, seventh grade, whatever it might be, you can, uh, you know, require more paragraphs. Okay, the same thing is true of sentences per paragraph. So we have four to six sentences in each paragraph for basic students. And we have five to seven sentences per paragraph for extension students. Again, not the number of words, but rather the number of sentences and the number of paragraphs. Paragraphs are units of thought. Sentences make up those units of thought. And so we don't go with words or letters. <laughs> kind of having, some, having a word count for a paper it does tell them when to stop. <laughs> I guess that's one benefit of it, but it's sort of like having a letter count. How many letters will you have in this paper? Do you see why? Because the letters make up the words, but the letters by themselves aren't really anything. The words make up the paragraphs, but the sentences, but the words by themselves are nothing until they're made, until you see total um, thoughts and complete sentences. And then of course, sentences make up paragraphs. So we go sentences and paragraphs. All right, they are not going to write an opening. They're not gonna write a closing. However, you can dig into any number of the past hit teacher's notebook pages and grab some, um, a project that has a nice opening description, right? How to write an opening paragraph for an essay 
Um, I think that is um, we a unit. I mean, hit thirteen. Um, it that is one of the. Um, and I'm not sure if hit one has, I don't think it does. Hit one does not. Um, hit four, hit 34. Um, yeah, on and on and on. Okay, so there are, you can grab one of those and you can say, okay, you know what? Seventh graders, you're going to do three paragraphs from this Q&A assignment. And then you're going to write an opening paragraph defining Christmas decorations or defining the holiday of Christmas. And then you're gonna do a closing paragraph that has a general Christmas quote, boom. You have a five paragraph, seventh grade, even eighth grade paper, right? Okay, so th those are ways that you can increase the difficulty or decrease it. All right, I'm gonna walk you through a little bit of this and then I'm gonna come back. So the first thing that, the, that we have in the Q&A is passages that they answer questions about. Okay, I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute, but then they answer the questions and then they write from their notes and then they learn some checklist challenge things and then they do a checklist challenge. All right, so um, back here to the passages. Again, this definitely changes the difficulty, right? If you have paragraphs that they're going to answer questions about that are written at a second grade level or a third grade level, then that would be an appropriate paragraph for that level, right? Um, if you have something that is, you know, like at a high school reading level, then the chances of them being able to have the comprehension that is needed to answer questions about the passage and then to use that information to rewrite it in their own words, it's going to be very, very challenging, right? You know, there is a divergence there that we have in comprehension you have a, a comprehension that is a readability comprehension, right? So when the student is able to word call, how much can the student comprehend, right? So that is like the comprehension for reading um, once they can sound out all the words. So, you know, they, you know, when you do reading testing, you know, you have a, a word calling score and a comprehension score. And if the word calling is out of whack and they're not able to word call, sound out, pronounce, you know, decode the words, then the comprehension is going to be super stilted, right? So even though those are two separate scores, um, they will tell you something about each other. So if they have a poor um, decoding score on a passage that you're testing them on, then they're going to have a poor comprehension score, right? And that is why it's really important that we um, have them always reading, 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 reading at their level so that their comprehension is, uh, is able to be used in that reading. Because if they are working so hard to just decode, then that would not be anything that we would want to teach used for comprehension. If they're working so hard to decode it, then we would just want to use that for decoding only and not for comprehension. We're asking too many things of them all at the same time. If the decoding is halting, it's, it's uh, faltering, it's difficult, then the comprehension is not gonna be there. So then you have this divergence, you have that reading comprehension, and then you also have the ability to read something and comprehend it well enough to write from it, right? So you might have students who can read and talk about passages or even answer questions verbally to you or whatever with the passage in front of them, but then writing it, and you know, the level 
of difficulty that we want for them to be able to read, comprehend, take notes, and write is a different level. So those two will not always coincide. It's nice when they do, but because of that, um, and I told you about my uh, assistant writer, Zach Kaiser, he writes to um, the levels that I ask him to write, the samples and the passages that we use and so forth, because they need to have that Okay, you know, that yes, they can work call, yes, they have the reading comprehension, and yes, they can even write from it. They can do that next level of comprehension, right? Like, you know, synthesizing, so to speak. All right, so here we have reading about it. So there are um, five different paragraphs that talk about five different decorations and uh, that talk about, you know, like where they, um, when, where they were first introduced, um, what people have done with them through the years, what people might do now with them, and so forth. So one is tree, the next one is lights, then wreaths, then stockings, then nativity. All right, you'll notice that they all have some dates in them, and they all have some places in them. So let me just uh, get off topic a little bit here and say and tell you about getting your own information for this. Okay, so if you want to get a passage and your students can work call well from it and they can comprehend it well, but you want them to write from it and you want it to be like a general overview. Like um, suppose you had a, an encyclopedia entry about um, uh, nativities. And well, let me go with something that might be a little bit simpler, wreaths. Okay, suppose you have an encyclopedia entry about wreaths. Right. And so one paragraph might be what wreaths are used for. Another one might be when they were first used at Christmas time. Another paragraph might be about Advent wreaths. Another paragraph might be about uh, uh, non candled Christmas wreaths that are hung up on doors or walls. All right. Now you can see what I've done here. If you're looking uh, at wreaths number three, uh, the passage for it, I've taken these topics all throughout here. And I've done what encyclopedias will often do, right? That we have different wreaths for different occasions, then another paragraph of Advent wreaths and when they were first used, another one with this description of the Advent wreath, another one with a non-lit wreath hung. Okay, so that, that would not be a good single paragraph um, passage for you to have a Q&A from. Right, because it's it's unless you just want to say, okay, I want you to answer these questions about different you different reads for different occasions, or I want you to do two paragraphs, answer two paragraphs about reads. The first one is the different occasions of her reads, and this reads, and the second one is hanging reads at Christmas time. All right, and then you would have two paragraphs, one about each of those things. So what is happening is you want it to be more concise. Right, if you want them to just write one paragraph about that one topic. And so, you know, you might have them use an encyclopedia if you feel like it, the readability is there and so forth, but you wouldn't say it's just about wreaths. You would say, you're going to use this paragraph to answer questions about the Advent wreath, or you're going to use this paragraph to answer questions about wreaths for different occasions, or you're going to use this paragraph to answer questions about hanging non lit wreaths. Okay, so. For, this, for these purposes, I really like like eyewitness books, us born books, um, Dorling Kindersley, 
just there are so many that I use them. I get I can look at the shelf and just see so many on the shelves that I have that might you might have like a, an us born Christmas traditions through history, just a small book, maybe a sixth grade readability or fifth, fifth grade readability or something. And one page might have, you know, two paragraphs about wreaths and then a lot of pictures and insects and stuff like those books often have. Another one might have two pages about stockings, pictures and insects and two paragraphs, right? So then in that case, those would be good ones because you could just take those two paragraphs about wreaths and ask questions about them. All right. So you're going to want to get something that is the readability level that is also conducive to the number of paragraphs that you're going to have the student do. So here we go over here with how notes become sentences. All right, so there are some notes that I would, I would explain to the students about how, you know, when somebody takes notes, they include enough information that it's understandable, like even a phone call message, write this, the call back after five Tuesday, Sarah at 475-9888 about shower, okay? And he could have written, Donna needs to make a call on Tuesday after five o'clock to Sarah. Sarah's number is da, da 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 She wants to talk about the shower. But instead, we use these notes and they are enough for the comprehension that is needed. And in this case, they are enough to write about it, right? So I always tell my students that you have two benchmarks for your outline. One benchmark is that it has to be um, something that you enjoy. So a type that you enjoy. And that's another reason why I love introducing all these different types. Because I'll pull something out and, they, and I'll say, you know, we're going to do writing boxes. Oh, I love writing boxes. You know, and then the next time we're going to do Q&As. Oh, Q&As are so easy. You just find all the answers in the paragraphs. We're going to do... Um, uh, paragraph house. Oh, paragraph houses are so easy. You just have to find four pieces of information for the, for the inside of the house, you know, and, and it's just, it's so nice because they have all these different methods of outlining and so forth. Um, so one of them has to be one benchmark. The first one has to be that they enjoy using it. The second benchmark has to be that they, their notes are thorough enough, regardless of the outlining mode, their notes are thorough enough that they do not need to go back to the source. Okay, the whole reason we outline is to get one step further away from the source. So if they, um, you know, just write, and this happens all the time, my kids will just write one or two words on each line. And then I will ask them, okay, you know, what are you going to say about this this line of notes here with two words on it? What are you going to say about this line of notes with one? What are you going to say about this line of notes with one? And so um, with that, then they realize that they, they can't write from it without looking back in the source, okay? And I don't want them to go back to the source because I want them to be one step away from the source so that it becomes, their writing is more original. So they need all of these notes, but they don't, we don't want them to plagiarize and go back to the source. Okay, so now they're gonna answer the questions. Again, two for basic three for extensions, you can adjust that up or down, and that's B. And then here um, are the questions. Now the questions are, um, the first uh, couple of questions, um, one, two, three, okay. So the, the way, because I wrote these passages, I didn't, Zach, 
wrote these passages exactly like I wanted them written, the questions and answers uh, are, the questions are, can be used over and over again. So in other words, they're the exact same questions every time. And the answers to all of these questions are found in each one. So we don't have to worry about, I'm not making up like five different questions for this. And again, in, in this regard, it might be better for you to just take a, um, you know, something from Wikipedia or whatever and make it up in your own words, uh, you know, different passages and have one set of questions like this. Because the beauty of this is that they are looking for the same things in each paragraph. So let me go through these. One, what is the name of the decoration? Two, what is the type of decoration? Is it A, a main Christmas decoration? B, decoration related to the Christmas tree? C, decoration used for occasions besides Christmas? D, crucial decoration for Santa Claus. E, one of the oldest decorations. Three, years and or countries developed. Four, what is interesting about this decoration or what is it known for? Five, another interesting fact about this decoration. And six, notes from the last line of the paragraph if you haven't already used them. Okay, so they can just take notes on this very last paragraph of each, the last sentence of each paragraph. Okay, so they're going to do that two times or three times, and then they are going to write. And one of the things, again, that I like about this is that I, I'm helping them find out what they would want to use from a source to write, right? I'm cueing them. I'm giving them the opportunity to answer questions that can be turned into sentences for their paragraph, right? And this is repeatable, right? That's the beauty of it as well. As in the same with the sentence by sentence outlining, when I give them a source in meaningful composition or write for a month or write on, I mean, or the write on downloads, the individual downloads for teachers pay teachers. When they do those sentence by sentence outlines and the teacher is there to check, you know, did you use the right number of uh, words per sentence did you get the main subject and the main verb and the main parts of the sentence that you're going to need? Because we always need to know the subject and verb. And you know, can you write from this outline without looking back? That is, that is how I approach the sentence by sentence outline. The same is true here, except I'm cueing them. This is what you're going to need. So get this, answer this question. This is what you're going to need to grab this. Answer this question. Right. And both of those, whether it's from a sentence by sentence outline or it is from a Q&A like this, they're all repeatable. So back to the Q&A uh, situation, they can approach any kind of text that they need to write from with the Q&A in mind. You know, what 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 questions would I need to ask myself in order to write this material in my own paragraph? Right, so it is repeatable, but here is the training wheels for them, right? These are the training wheels that we're giving them. So they're going to answer questions. They're gonna read the first question and the short answer. They're gonna use the question and answer to create a sentence and say it aloud. And then they're going to type it or write it. So let's suppose they um, said uh, the, um, uh, um, let me see what the question was. <laughs> Um, what is the year uh, and or country that it was developed? So they would, their question would be, 
16th century Germany. Okay, Advent and Christmas wreaths were both used in 16th century Germany. So then they would come back here and the question is, years in our countries, and they would say, you know, on this note, uh, Germany, 16th century uh, equals, um, they're answering this question, right? Equals um, uh, Advent wreaths and Christmas wreaths. Okay. Then when they get ready to write it, they're going to write that in their own words. So they're going to come back and say, uh, Germany was one of the first countries to enjoy the uh, Advent wreaths and all um, uh, um, I'm going to use a word for Christmas. So um, uh, we're going blank. And uh, all Christmas wreaths, where that wouldn't be what they would use because they would want to use their own words, right? Um, when it was used in the 16th century to bring joy to people's homes, okay? So they're going to use their answers to come up with their own sentences. All right, and then after they write, they're writing their two or three. We have three uh, Q&A boxes here for three of them. And then they're going to learn more about the checklist challenge. And you can do this and you can read through this. And more about uh, how you teach caves. And I will say that I have a caves poster set at Teachers Pay Teachers. It's very inexpensive, very colorful, very, very strong for teaching the five elements of a sentence. So they have to check their sentences, make sure it's K's. Capital, all make sense, verb, in mark and subject. Okay, and then that's also a checklist challenge item for when they do the checklist challenge on the paper. And then here, they're going to learn about redundancy and how they're gonna get rid of wreath, 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 Christmas, 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 right? And they're going to not have the same word or words over and over. So that is another checklist challenge item. And then here is a word that they could use in place of decoration, ornament, adornment, flourish, garnish. They can use one of these. So again, these are the training wheels. We are saying, choose one of these to replace the word decoration one of the times that you put it in your paragraph, right? We're teaching them how to reduce redundancy and even giving them the words. All right, then there is the checklist challenge here for you um, to use with your students. Uh, if you adjust it up or down, adjust the checklist challenge up or down. So here, um, uh, this is, everybody wrote two paragraphs and extensions wrote another one. So extensions do all three. If I had my older kids do an opening and a closing, they would put two more boxes here and they would do the checklist challenge to everything. I do have some checklist challenge hit, um, hit, uh, episodes, but also I have a freebie for the checklist challenge. So you can just watch that freebie. It has how to complete the checklist challenge. It's a video of me teaching students how to complete the checklist challenge. Comes with the checklist challenge booklet. This is one of the freebies that you can get at languageartsladyblog.com when you first sign up for the email and you get 18 free products, okay? And then these are the books that are also free, um, one at each level. I didn't put four and five on here because these are the ones that were most pertinent to this lesson. Level one of Beauty and the Beast, level two of Mowgli, level three of Peter Pan, those lessons with videos, again, of me teaching are completely free and they are there at languageartsladyblog.com. All right, then these are other digital products that are related to this uh, episode. And so they have all different kinds, S, S, and S by S, sentence by sentence, question and answer, 
paragraph castles, writing boxes, um, Q&A again, uh, attribute list, writing boxes, uh, more writing boxes, more writing boxes. I do love my writing boxes. There are some episodes about that. Let me see. Episode number three and number 38. Three and 38 are the hit um, episodes teaching how to use the writing boxes. Um, more writing boxes, uh, question and answer again. Um, this, these are the level ones are the ones that have um, more of the um, like paragraph house and things like that. Although there's a paragraph house there. So anyway, and then these are how to do sentence by sentence and how to do the checklist challenge. Those books are available um, at Language Arts Lady Store and at Teachers Pay Teachers at my store. All right, and then these are the meaningful compositions where you will find similar assignments to the one today. So thank you so much for joining me. I just look forward to doing these. Right now I'm doing them twice a month um, because I am working towards doing some grammar teaching on Instagram. So you can follow me over there at Instagram Language Arts Lady and um, just learning how to do it. So it's going to be a bit uh, before I actually know. I mean, you know, I know how to teach about grammar anytime, but before I know how to do it, you know, what's a real, what's a story, you know, okay, anyway. So I'm, I'm in the middle of a course about that. So I'm doing this twice a month. And then in between times, you'll get your Monday mini mail with more grammar uh, via email. And you'll get all of these freebies and um, you can follow me on Instagram. Thanks a lot for joining me. I hope you have a great um, February. Talk to you soon.